This is the Power Pies Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. And get started. This is the last part of chapter 1 Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 5, last part of this chapter. Lord, I pray that you help us, um, encourage us, strengthen us, knowing that your word is set to refine us. And if we go at your word like you're the enemy, um, we'll always find one. Uh, to the extent that we are limited in our thinking and we are looking for an enemy. Because your word is is not man-made. It will sharpen, it will direct, it will smooth, it will it will um, prune, it will encourage, it will cast down. This isn't man-made stuff that we're dealing with. This is the very word of God. So I pray that we approach scripture like as your children through Jesus Christ. Um to find that which you would sharpen us with, strengthen us with, um, encourage us with, knowing that your heart is good. Um, I pray that we have practiced trust in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's do this thing, starting verse 17. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor. Um, we've got a culture of celebrity um, and that is not what this is talking about. It clearly talks about monetary, um, taking care of their needs, worthy of double honor. Um, I think we've gotten this thing out of whack. Um, but then on the other hand, um, we, we are, it's our fault. Okay. So if we have um, my rabbits make a lot of noise. So if we have a celebrity Christian culture, um, it's because we have outsourced um, our allegiances. So our allegiance, first of all, needs to be in the, to this word, uh, to the living God, um, to Jesus Christ. Um, and then when we start uh, looking for other sources uh, for our walk, we are going to inevitably make up these small idols, these, uh, and it'll bleed into the church even. I mean, I don't know why we would be surprised. Um, idols are everywhere. Yay. We are, yeah, also the church. And the, and the, they seem to be falling off sideways, right? They, they can't last. First of all, Christian celebrities cannot hold up your worship. They can't do it. They'll be destroyed by it. They're not, they're not A, worthy of it, and B, they cannot sustain it. It's not sustainable. They are humans, right? They can't do the thing. They can't meet all your needs. And so this goes out to all of you that have been really discouraged by those leaders that have dropped off, maybe some of your favorites. Um, and maybe it's a refining time for you. Maybe it's a hello time for you. Maybe you need to realign yourself to the pages of scripture. And, and uh, I know, you know, even for my part, I was really uh, thrown sideways by the whole Rafi, Rafi Zacharias thing. Um, but is it really surprising that um, people that are just lifted up to this level fall off the rails? Because honestly, I can't handle 
Um, it's really not a thing to be able to handle that stuff. So the elders who rule well will be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox. So it's basically an allusion to money. Ox while he is threshing. And the laborer is worthy of his um, wages. Um, do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Those who continue to sin rebuke in the presence of all so that the rest also will be fearful of sinning. Now, this is a thing where I, I've seen once somebody screws up in the church, this is like the other side. Once somebody screws up in the church, it's like you're out. And that is just not kingdom-minded. That is, you've lost some sense of control and you have to make sense of stuff and there's no tension in your life and so you throw out those that you think have crossed this invisible boundary and cannot be forgiven. Or, even worse, you assume that they didn't really ask for forgiveness. I've seen this. This is a thing. That, that when they came to ask for forgiveness, they really didn't mean it. Who are you to make that assumption? You know what real onus is on? It's you for having a forgiving heart. We cannot do that. I mean, I would like you to go through a day and not screw up. Um, we're all watching. We're waiting. This is not a thing to cast out children of God and to never let them back in. It's not a thing if they've come to the Lord for forgiveness. And it's not a thing to assume they really didn't or that they're really just crooked and that's not really an apology. Not a thing. That's not up for you to decide. And we'll get to why it's not up for you to decide. It's even in this chapter. Your eyes don't need to be fixed on that. Your eyes don't need to be fixed on. Now, Are there? Is there going to be fruit? Is there going to be apparent fruit? Yes, the, this this chapter talks about it. This chapter talks about how there is going to be fruit and you should be looking out for fruit. And But I, you know, friend, if you're going to judge people, I'm going to take two slow steps back from you. Because you're incurring judgment upon yourself. It's just that simple and scripture straightforward. Judge not lest you be judged. I just don't, I, I want to believe the best. And we have a whole chapter, uh, you know, surrounding that topic of believing the best. It's called 1 Corinthians 13. It's, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's the love chapter. We can you know, we, we have this deep sense that we are going to be snowballed, that we are going to get wrapped up into something that's going to hurt us, that we, the, and you know what that is? That is a distrust in the God who is holding on to you. Do you think you're holding on to God? I'm sorry, it's the other way around. He is holding on to you. And that same God who sent his son to the cross will continue to do it. He will finish what he started in your life. It isn't, you do not have to, I'm sorry, you're in sin if you are going around in fear. 
skeptical of other Christians around you and assuming the worst about them. That is not the spirit of God, my friend. That is not the spirit of discernment. That is antichrist material. To divide the body like so. And I'm so, you know, on the soapbox here seemingly because I, I have been in this very conversation with one who refused to forgive, wanted to keep going back and unbearing the hatchet. Meanwhile, the person that they refused to forgive is going on doing ministry. Uh, i.e. fruit, raising kids that love the Lord, i.e. fruit, having a solid marriage, i.e. fruit, refused. That's a problem. That's a sin problem. That's dark. That's darkity dark, dark. We have no business swimming in those waters. So I, I think I'll keep going. Those who continue to sin, rebuke in the presence of all, so that the rest also will. You know what, what else that will do? That will put it on the shoulders of everyone. It's not personal. You know, it's not personal. I'm going to just take a little side rabbit trail. It's not personal when we take officials to court and try them and, and deal out consequences. It's not personal. It's justice. That's what it is. And when justice happens, like what we're, what we're witnessing here at the SBC, when justice happens, it benefits everybody. Not only does everybody have to hold this weight that somebody really screwed up, but also when justice happens, and that, uh, our friends, that's where we should be headed, justice in the SBC situation, everyone benefits from justice. It's a redemption process. It is the, the knife getting through, cleansing that part of the body. Do the thing. Finish Finish the work. Finish what you set out to do. Don't hop off the rail when you feel someone should be rebuked, that someone should be attempted, uh, the attempt should be made to restore. Because why? Because why? Because why? It will benefit the body. See, all these guys that were trying to hide this saying, oh man, this is good. They'll get in trouble and then these people can be called and then we're, we're going to have this drama and then we might lose some money on our t-shirts, whatever it was. They were only thinking of themselves. Maybe they weren't the ones that were actually doing it, blah, 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 blah. Only, they were not. Fear. Fear was what the motivator was. Instead of bringing it out to light, oh man, and everybody holding on to that, even the ones that are like, oh, I, I don't think I can handle, well, you need to, you're part of the body, you need to handle, you need to handle this, you have to handle bad news sometimes. You should see me over at Twitter, there's bad news. You should have to handle bad news. It happens, it's a thing. It goes around, comes around, up and down. We live in an upside-down world, and we need to be able to handle by the Spirit of God. Bad news. And then we need to go forward and pursue justice. 
and let justice rain down and heal. Juneteenth is coming, side note too. Celebrate that one. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of his chosen angels to maintain these principles without bias and do nothing in the spirit of partiality. Do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily and thereby share responsibility for the sins of others. Well, this would support a lot of things, but here, here it is. Our feels matter little when it comes to anointing people, when it comes to, I'm sorry, casting out demons. Our, you know what? If this person is a regular keeps asking for prayer but never changing, don't take part in that after a while. Just be like, mm. Because this person's lying to God on the regular. Just step near, step back. Mm. Step back. That's the best thing you can do for them, by the way. It's a pattern throughout in First Corinthians two as well. Just no, no. It's it. Paul calls it shut them out of fellowship for a while. They'll feel that. They'll be like, oh, that hurts. Yeah, it does. This is for your good. I can't do the thing anymore. I can't do the fakery before Jesus anymore. I cannot pray for a person who doesn't want to change. I'm going to not incur responsibility over this. That's what this is talking about. For the sins of others, keep yourself free from sin. No longer drink water exclusively, but use the wine for it. And I guess this kind of throws out the window that every physical ailment is from demons. Oh, Paul addresses this right here in verse 23. No. So judgment. Stay away from judgment and partiality. Don't assume somebody who's sick sitting in your pew or whatever didn't come to church is from the devil okay let's not do that there are things that and things will reveal themselves for sure but that is just not a mode of operation we need to be operating by there are other reasons we get sick and paul here is like try you know try a little wine for your stomach he didn't accuse timothy of having Issues with spiritual, dark spiritual forces. No. Let's not just throw everybody under the rails because of, well, they, you know, they broke their leg. Jesus must not like them. That is a horrible, unless you were like, I told him. We all told him. We told him not to jump off that bridge. He got hurt. Now we're like, hey, really? We were the witnesses. Now, that's something different, but no. We can't go around with partiality and judgment. No, that's just not a way to go. Not a way to go. There are other reasons people get sick. There are other, but you know, it might just be something God has for them. In fact, I just went through this. I was sick for like two weeks, and the Lord clearly told me why I was sick for two weeks. And it wasn't good. I was messing around with, no. God has specific reasons for specific people to go through specific things. This isn't a past sin you had. This is 
Let's let's just take that little judgment box and get bury it somewhere. Bury it. The sins, and here we go. Here's our qualifier. For all these little topics that I brought up, this is where this is where it's going. For the sins of and and why you don't need to be on the judgment seat. And I don't need to be on the judgment seat. And I don't need a little baby gavel. And I don't need to pound it every two minutes. And I don't need to worry about what Joe Schmo is up to unless Jesus is like, he's up to, and you saw it, and they saw it, and now you need to do it. But I don't need to not forgive Joe Schmo after the, he's asked for forgiveness because of some feel I have or some judgment or some preoccupation with fear and then I'm going to get roped into something which is totally antithetical to walking and facing Christ and putting him before me. Because when I do that, I don't got to worry about Joe Schmo and whether or not his forgiveness speech was legit. And I don't have to talk about him behind his back. Because it's not a thing. Unless it is a thing. We gotta deal with the tensions, but unless it is a thing. Know what I mean? Because here you go. Verses 24 and 25. The sins of some men are quite evident. But do something about it. Going before them to judgment. For others, their sins will follow after. It's gonna, some of you don't run out. At some point, I can let it go. Likewise, also, deeds that are good are quite evident. And those which are otherwise cannot be concealed. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.